0: This week's podcast is sponsored by the League for the Rehabilitation of Fantasy Villains, from Lord Soth to Bargle the Infamous, Wenger to Verminard, and Vecna to Artemis and Terry. The League promises to rebrand, reform, and relaunch your murderous career into something softer and more suited to the modern world. Hmm. Maybe I should join. I'm more villainous than all of them put together. Which of them made a giant rat colossus, huh? Huh? All the tabletop are playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk, a RPG news podcast, all about RPG news, where we talk about RPG news and we give you the week's RPG news. So don't be surprised or taken aback if you should suddenly discover that this podcast contains some RPG news, which someone was quite, quite shocked by last week.
2: I know. Who would have thought that a podcast called Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk... Would have some sort of talk in that. I mean, you know, madness, madness, I say.
1: Yeah, anyway, anyway, I, as always, am Russ, aka Morris, or well, Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is. Peter Coffey from the
2: Southampton Guild Role Players. Uh, although I am not my usual 100% shipper and delighted itself, you'll be sad to hear. And oh, why is that? Well, because I've had to temporarily shut my club down. Um, uh. I don't know how long it's going to be shut for. Because of that horrible little coronavirus thing. Because of that horrible coronavirus, it seemed like an excellent way to spread it to loads of people that I really like yeah. in a really efficient fashion. I was like, "Wait, this is a terrible idea. I should stop." But no, 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 I had to stop. And it's like, oh.
1: sad, sad, it is sad, sad. Well, anyway, we had a guest this week, Peter.
3: Ah, uh, a guest.
1: You see, I guess they're silhouetted against the bright window. There, it's like it's like it's like you know those those movies where, yeah. where they're talking to like the the council, and you just see these big screens with silhouettes.
2: Oh, oh I, I I was very much channeling the um this person's identity as being disguised to preserve that anonymity on oh. sort of uh, crime shows and so forth. But no, your, your way, I think, is probably more flattering. <laughs>
4: well, thank Who is this silhouetted person we have here? My name is Andrew Grunowski, I'm the founder of an RPG publisher, Shoestone Publishing. But because of the backlight and everything, you can call me Mr. Big.
1: We will. From <laughs> now on, Mr. Big. <laughs> big. Okay. Isn't he that guy <laughs> out of Sex in the City? He is,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I didn't realize you I didn't realize you were foundry, but Fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's do some RPG news, shall we? We should do, do some RPG, RPG news podcast. Just, just a warning, people. There's some RPG news coming up. What? Please, please don't come onto my website. Complain. There was some RPG news in the RPG news podcast. There's,
2: there's, there's news in this, in this news <laughs> podcast. Why wasn't I informed? <laughs> <laughs> I was launched an immediate boycott. Uh,
1: so the big, the big news. Well, there's two, there's two big news. Would you like to start with the uh, nice big news, the, the good big news, or the bad big news?
2: Oh, crikey. A uh, bit of a selfish choice then. Um, what do you think,
1: Andrew? Which one should we start off? Start
4: with the bad news so we can end on positive note. So Good thinking. I like it.
1: Yes. Uh, the bad news is, of course, coronavirus, which has been yep. running rampant through the gaming community and has mm-hmm. shut down a number of gaming events so um, uh, Garycon which was taking yes. place I think it's this week uh, or next week sometime very soon anyway uh, that has been cancelled so it won't so, be taking place
2: at all Sad that all
1: right? yep uh, UK Games Expo has been delayed until August
2: I think that's an optimistic move yes, but yeah, fair enough
1: yeah uh, and it's not, it's not just them. There's, uh, there's, there's there's other things as well. There's uh, uh, Steve Jackson Games has an event which mm. they've which they've had to cancel.
2: Is is that the one that runs it? No, sorry, I think it's a different
1: one. Yeah,
2: I don't know which one you're thinking of. Uh, fighting Fantasy runs in link My bad. Sorry, Steve Jackson no, confuses me. No, it,
1: no, it's uh, Steve Jackson, the American Steve, Steve Jackson of good yes. fate. Yes, yes. That's Steve Jackson. <laughs> not 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 fighting fantasy, Steve Jackson.
2: Not the Games Workshop, see, Jackson. No. Not,
1: not that, not that. <laughs> uh,
2: no.
1: So, yeah, so that was uh, UK Games Expo, Gary Con. Steve Jackson Games is one is called FnordCon. Con. <laughs> that was the <in> <laughs> name. Fnord. Um, <laughs> there's a wargaming convention called Adepticon. Yeah. Uh, that's been cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy Flight Games has announced the uh, suspension of all organised play. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 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 Gamma's Origins Game Fair is currently (laughs) still going ahead, but they'll be making a definite uh, and that will be in June, they're making a definite decision by May the 1st. I suspect that's going to be a no. No,
2: It would seem like the sensible response. um, Mm. And Southampton's own um, Southampton South StabCon which has just rebranded to Shake, Battle and Roll because they have a (laughs) They have an eye for a new phone. Um, they have also uh, sadly had to cancel because mm. basically it's the only socially responsible thing to do. Because mm. why would you want all the people you like best in the world, all your gamers' friends, to get ill? Uh, and it's like, it's a little bit sad that gamers are being ahead of the government
1: in such a fashion. Uh, so, PaisoCon. Yeah. Uh, it is in May. Mm-hmm. They have not yet cancelled or postponed but they will inform the community as soon as possible should that happen yeah uh, but the Washington state government apparently is currently prohibiting gatherings of 50 or more people I see um, and currently it doesn't look like that that prohibition is going to last until the actual date of Pizercon which is the end of May but if mm-hmm. it does get extended obviously Pizercon will will have to cancel mm. um, and then of course there's the really big one is critical role. Yes, yes. Critical Role has suspended all broadcasts until further notice.
2: Yeah, um, a bit a bit of a shocker, really, because you'd think
1: that they would be,
2: them being the people that got so many people into playing Dungeons & Dragons online, uh, would uh, attempt to persist. But, yeah. That's
1: well, yeah, I mean, Critical Role, is it's not just those guys. It's got a whole studio. Yeah, and they've that's got- true. Yeah, you yeah. Not recording ca- camera people and sound yeah. people and editors and engineers and all sorts of stuff. There, it's a proper, it's a proper company. It's not, it's not just like a few people just, you know, sticking away not like us, ads, is it? Yeah, not like yeah. us. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not not like us. Who who I don't know. Like, could you have a pirate radio RPG podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty convinced that would be actually the worst. But yeah, I think, you know I mean? I
1: think if we did it but, from a boat, maybe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Boat, a boat, no! <laughs> high, rise, uh, high rise power block, that's the way it's <laughs> pirate radio, boat business system. Well,
1: that's the bad news. Yes. So we got that out of the way, so we can now move on to better news. Yes. What's the better news? Ooh, Wild Mount, Explorer's Guide 2. Yes. Uh, by Critical Role, in fact. By Critical uh, Role, who we were just talking about. Uh, yeah. Um. So uh, their uh, official DD <laughs> source book released on Tuesday.
2: Hmm. It's been going out. I know it's in the community, uh, like other stuff. <laughs> um, but what I'm wondering is, uh, has anyone had a chance to look at it yet? Have you... I, have,
1: I haven't caught one yet. I, well, I haven't been out. No. I, haven't, I haven't been going down into the shop to try and get one, so I'm waiting for it to appear on Amazon, and Amazon end next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. well, what about you, Andrew? Have you
4: seen the copy yet? I, I haven't. I'm looking forward to it, um, but uh, I've I had my head down in my own project for some time.
2: Yeah, that's often the and case. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah. No, I hear it's uh, full of interesting things, and already I'm seeing chatter about like the Echo Knight mm. uh, That Seems to be a very popular, very popular build in the um, optimization community.
1: And they've wow. got a whole new source of magic as well. Whose name? Chronomancy. Wow. No, there's a Chronomancy is one of one of the subclasses below that. But there's a whole new source of magic. You know, like those primal and sort of divine uh. and all that kind of thing. Hmm. I've got a whole new source of magic, and I can't. It just escaped my head. I can't remember. What I found what it is. Poof,
3: gone. <laughs> but I'm sure. I'm
1: sure it's amazing. Whatever it is. There
2: you go. Morris is official. Case. It's to do with. Oh, it's, it, is to do,
1: wait, on the it is to do with 100% on the map. It's to do with like time travel and planes and all that sort of stuff. So it's the yeah. umbrella term under which quantumancy falls.
2: Absolutely, but I just yeah. can't
1: remember the name exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, right. What else have we got in the news? So. um so there's a whole bunch of quarantine giveaways
3: Ooh, yeah, nice
1: uh, so if you are stuck at home yes. uh, and can't get out to your gaming group and you are having to sort of find, thing, find ways to game online or you know come up with some emergency entertainment to entertain your family with at home or whatever your, whatever your situation is um, no. there's a whole bunch of companies which are giving stuff away for free oh, yeah, yeah. during the pandemic nice so, I know World
2: of Darkness. Uh, the people who are producing the 20th edition, 20-year editions of Vampire, Mage, and Changeling. I think today's Wraith.
1: Yeah, so they gave one away today. Yeah, they gave a different one away each day this week, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I downloaded Werewolf. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they they've given away a different one each week. Uh, you know, uh, Loki Battle Maps. Who make those big fold-out maps that we like oh, so yeah, much. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. I got. I've got, got mine around here somewhere.
1: Well, they've put together a free care package of digital maps for virtual tabletop use. Ooh, which is really nice of them. Yeah. And our Talsorian games, they've got that uh, Teenagers from Outer Space anime inspired kind of 80s RPG. <laughs> That's the best name, I love
2: that name. Teenagers well, from Outer
1: Space. Yeah. They are giving that away for free. Really? Steve Kenson's RPG Icons, the superhero RPG. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you can get for free. Uh, Onyx Path, as you mentioned, um, a different mode of darkness thing each day. Mm. Uh, Drinking Horn Games have made Sagas of Midgard pay what you want. Ooh, strong choice. Uh, Angry Hamster Publishing, Familiars of Terror. T E R R A. That's familiars
2: from Earth or the plane of Earth. marvelous. Yes. Not, not, yeah. not,
1: not, not terrifying familiars. I, I don't know, an
2: angry hamster would be a terrible sight to behold.
1: <laughs> uh, this game's Ars Magica 4th Edition. Oh, uh, Ars Magica, that's always
2: one of those games which I've always like. Everyone's like, oh, it's so brilliant, it's so great, you should play it. And it's like, okay,
4: will you run it? No, of course I <laughs> I'm just yeah. You should run it. I'm like, what? Well, I'll run it for you. Uh, I played I was Magica for 25 <laughs> years.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I can okay. see the influence of it in your game there.
4: Certainly. We'll get to
1: yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm 100% winning through that. Uh, what else is there going for you? There's Go Nerdy have made the Power Outage Core Rulebook. Like they made the Power what? Core Rulebook? <laughs> Sorry, I coughed in the middle of that. Uh, <laughs> the Power Outage Core Rulebook.
2: The Power Outage Core Rulebook.
1: The okay. Power Outage Core Rulebook.
2: And so Power Outage is some sort of
1: horror game, I presume? It is... Uh, well, uh, okay. Have you ever set, sat at a tiny table drinking tea with a queen? Um, Like, not
2: not a real queen, but,
3: you yeah. know,
2: make-believe one, yeah, actually. Yeah. Well,
1: power outage is a world where kids get to be heroes and you get to guide them on their journeys.
2: Hmm. Okay. So, so it's a kid's, oh, it's a kid's to, uh, RPG, basically. Younger gamer market. Oh, yes. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Looks fun. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, we got roll 20. Has yep. released the you know, uh, Explorers Guide to Wild Mount. It has a uh, adventure in it, Ooh. and the adventure to be found within has been released on Roll Twenty for free.
3: Really so nice. You can
1: dive into Wild Mount without even buying the book. Oh, what wow. craziness! I know, yeah. I know. And Green Running the Fantasy Age Basic Rules Core Rulebook is also Ooh. free.
4: Impressive. Hmm,
1: so there's loads and loads and loads of stuff there.
4: I've also seen some charity bundles. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah I've seen a few of those as well, and, and a lot of people are also reducing the price of stuff as well, at half price or or switching things over to pay what you want instead of free. Hey, do you remember RPG Superstar?
4: I do. No. <laughs> I do. I do. It's hey, been a while. Hey, yes, yeah. You take, you take it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a competition for um, unpublished RPG authors to get published. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, So right. it's sort
1: of run a little bit like uh, you know American Idol or The X Factor or one of those got Talent shows in that you start off with a whole load of people and then they get weeded out weeded out and weeded out through various rounds of testing. Mm.
2: <laughs> Sorry, in my head I just have this image of, like, you know, games versus, like, furiously... Explaining, setting a scene, so forth, and like you know, and then people turn around in their chair, and say, "You,
1: <laughs> the voice." <yeah. laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more about it's more about game design. So uh, it was oh, okay. it was started by Zone, yeah. know, 10, 15 years. I can't remember when they started. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and it stopped in two thousand fifteen. I think I want to say about five years okay. ago. Anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, so it would be. Um, everyone would enter and the first round might be to make a monster or something and like a thousand people would enter and then Mm -hmm. say a hundred of those would get through to the next round which might be to I don't know make a magic item Mm -hmm. and then maybe half of those would get through to the next round which might be to design an encounter
3: Mm -hmm. and then
1: so forth until you get to one person and they're the overall winner and they get a prize and they get a contract to write an adventure for Paizo and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's it so that stopped around five years ago. I don't yeah. know why, but um, I was a judge on it once. Actually, uh, it was probably oh. like seven or eight years ago. So it wasn't. Well, it didn't stop the year I was a judge. It wasn't my <laughs> <Okay>. fault.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I
2: like that you have to act as provision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So are they restarting it? Well, kind of. They're not kind restarting of. it, but the role for combat podcast is, and they've licensed the name off of Poison. Oh, fair enough. So it's a little bit different, uh, because it used to be, you know, sort of like five or six rounds and people got cut down, you know, winnowed down throughout those rounds. This time there's only the one round. Oh. Uh, so what happens is you're going to make a monster using, uh, Pathfinder second edition rules. Sure. Uh, then the judges, uh, I don't know who all the judges are offhand, but they are listed on the website, but I don't know the head judge is Owen Casey Stevens, Oh, who is, nice. Who was, on, who was on our podcast not long ago and is coming back on in about two or three weeks, I think.
2: Yeah, I should look forward to that, yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, they will winnow those entries down to 101 entries. mm mm-hmm. And then of those 101 entries, there will be open voting for
3: uh-huh. the winner. Yeah.
1: which will then be announced in August
2: fantastic so how does one get involved in this
1: uh, you go to their website put out a the roll combat enter. website uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah well, there'll be a link in the show notes um, uh-huh. it's rpgsuperstar.com I believe so uh, oh well, that's nice
2: to yeah. remember nice mm-hmm. you. Uh,
1: you create a monster it starts on March the 16th which is which was what's it today yeah
2: it's 20th today mate <laughs> <All Yeah. right.
1: laughs> started at the beginning of this week oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we know what Monday. time it is.
2: We know what day it is. It's not like every day is merged into one long and ending streak. No, no, no. No, <laughs> oh, wait, I did everything.
1: There's a whole bunch of cash prizes. Uh, oh. So there'll be a, so those those hundred and one entries uh, yep. 101, um ones that the judges choose. They're all <laughs> the carefully curated one right. But uh, nice. uh, they'll be winning different things like 20, from twenty five dollars up to five hundred dollars. Oh, nice! So are various different sort of scale of cash prizes, and then right. the top few get the sort of getting featured in a book prizes.
2: That's pretty cool.
1: Uh, so the winning monsters get featured in a book called the Battle Zoo Bestiary.
2: Mm. Mm. nice. The Battle Zoo Bestiary. The Battle oh, Zoo the things, Bestiary. That's alliterative, if nothing else. Uh,
1: for prize prizes, and I'm not so sure about this one, a chance that your monster will be a featured yeah. antagonist in John Start's upcoming late RPG series, The Book of Dungeons. Just a okay. chance,
2: just a chance. Just a chance. In <laughs> chance. Well, in, in the, in the Firestorms, <laughs> our traditions, it's like roll D100, and if you get like a zero 05, then yeah, your, five. your beast could make it in. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Perhaps they're hedging against, um, you know, open voting is always a bit dodgy, right? Um, you, you recall um. the, uh, the attempt to uh, name that uh, UK research vessel, and the, le- <laughs> the leading uh, um. entry was Bodie McBoatface.
2: Brody, so my so less boat face, more biking bike face. That's what we're thinking. I
4: hear what are saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, if I were if I were the publisher, I might hedge against that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have those guys actually on the podcast in a couple of weeks.
3: Really? Yeah. Oh, we're going to have Owen it.
1: and uh, and someone from the World of Combat um, podcast, and they're going to be joining us to tell us about this. Oh, best okay. times.
4: Great. The entries should be in by then, right?
1: I think there's quite a long entry period, actually. Oh, that's good. Uh, Because the winner's not being announced until August.
4: Oh, so it's not too late, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got plenty of time.
2: Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, Sixteenth, be four days ago. So obviously, it would start off on the Monday. So, uh, yeah, as is tradition, Uh, (laughs) all the stuff gets announced after we did our podcast. But that's okay. We don't fall grudges.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or do we? <laughs> hey. no, anyway, so that sounds like an excellent excellent thing to get involved with. I've, I've got some s- cash money for designing games. I've got some but... new
1: and up-to-date news about Beowulf. Breaking news about Beowulf.
4: Um, okay. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about Beowulf for a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like...
2: <laughs>
4: I, I I I mean this
2: this it, you know you know that poem's been out for quite a while, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Bart was the first ever fire-breathing dragon? Before that, there were dragons, right. yes. Um, but that was the first ever portrayal of a fire-breathing dragon. Well, in Europe, at least, uh, yeah, so in, in, a, yeah, in a European literature, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they said, well, rather I mean, yeah, I can just imagine the skulls there, uh, you know, enjoying their. Uh, magic mushrooms straight from the uh, reindeer's bladder. I was like,
3: whoa, man. <laughs> but what if it was a giant
2: lizard? <laughs> the complete fire! I was like... Well, no. well that's not the breaking news. That's not the breaking news. That's not the breaking news. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <good>. well, <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing your pictures straight crazy. my head. But, yeah,
1: The breaking news is oh, yeah. that uh, Handiwork Games, who are producing the Beowulf Age of Heroes setting.
3: Mm,
1: okay, for DD fifth edition, ah. designed for one player and one GM. Wow, an entire duet setting play. designed for duet play.
0: Ooh.
1: Hardcore. Have released an adventure for free called The Hermit's Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You can download that right now. The game isn't out yet. That will be coming. I'm pretty sure it's coming to Kickstarter. Yeah, it's coming to Kickstarter soonish. But this adventure, I'm just looking at it now, mm-hmm. it's like full colour, absolutely gorgeous. It's because uh, 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 John Hodgson runs handiwork Games mm-hmm. and he was the art director at Cubicle 7 when they were doing the One Ring. So oh, it's all that style doing... of art. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he knows, you know, he really knows his stuff when it comes to, you know, old sort of
3: mm-hmm.
1: R.T. styles. But you yeah. get a 52-page adventure, full colour, gorgeous yeah. layout, gorgeous art, absolutely lovely.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you get battle maps. You get four pre-generated characters. You get tokens, which I assume Mm. are for use on... Draw 20. Yeah, and fantasy
2: battlegrounds, obviously. There's Uh, more and
1: more. You get uh, character sheets. You get a rules quick sheet and an adventure flow chart. All for free. What?
2: Hmm. Crazy price. Brilliant. (laughs) And this is from Handiwork
1: Games, is it? Yes. It is from okay.
2: Andy Work Games. Hermit Secretary. Right. Yeah. Actually, Andy Worker Games. John Oshton,
1: I, I owe him such a big apology because he was going to come on to this podcast about what, three or four months ago. And I yep. totally double booked it and messed it up completely. And I was oh. very apologetic to him. but we We're sorry, John. We are very, very, very sorry. And we should definitely fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, okay. Anyway. But yeah.
2: Oh well, I'll sure look forward to that. It sounds like an excellent adventure. Yeah,
1: breaking werewolf um, news. Hey, have you uh have you seen our Achilles page spread? Achilles? Achilles yes. You know, that Greek chap, Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Famously played by Brad Pitt. <laughs> I never actually saw Troy. It's <laughs> not bad I... actually. It's better than but... you think
2: it's gonna be. I, I I hear Brad Pitt wasn't taking his the strike then, so, so yeah, I don't know. Um,
3: was a, it
1: was a good book. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, you know our Mythological Figures and Maleficent Monsters book, coming well, the Kickstarter, coming out later this year?
2: Yes, yes, indeed.
1: Uh, there's a sample page up, double page spread, featuring the Greek warrior Achilles, and it's very, very, nice.
2: very pretty. you got some absolutely fantastic artwork to go with it. It's got some nice
1: artwork depicting yep. a man with a helmet and a spear, as, as you'd expect. <laughs>
2: Oh Russ, you paint such pictures <laughs> with your words. <laughs> Man what a hell is this? Wow, well, I wasn't convinced before, but now sign me up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got it. I've got it up in front of me right now. Yeah. So a kid, He's he's uh, what have we, got? we got a lawful neutral neutral fighter champion. 18. 18th level fighter.
2: Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think people really appreciate uh, how ludicrously overpowered and superheroic high-level D and D characters are because that's the sort of thing. It's like <laughs> eh. it's only one walled city.
3: I'm trying <laughs> to take <laughs> it on my own. Yeah. Well, you know, Greek demigods.
1: Really, are pretty ludicrous and overpowered.
4: Yeah, if he's uh, eight uh, level, yeah. then who's, who's he's also higher.
1: invulnerable.
2: Yeah, so he's he's large, invulnerable, which does help.
1: Yes, it's definitely
2: uh, an except, advantage. Except, of course, with the bit where the baby was being held by the ankle mm. uh, as they were dipped into the River Styx. Yes. Which is, of course, where he got his Achilles' hip from.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Adventures, the Delta Quadrant source book. Oh, good. yes, yeah. That's just come out.
2: Oh, it's actually been released. It's really so it has been, been released, I think, you know, the
1: PDF. has been released. Mm. I'm not sure if the hardcover mm-hmm. is in the stores yet. It's 138 pages. Uh, Post-Dominion War Federation, along with maps of the Delta Quadrant,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: information on the Borg Collective, species eight four seven two, mm. and more. And you can play—you can play an Ocamper, a Talaxian, a liberated Borg. And there's about a dozen playable species.
2: Nice. Uh, well, I know some Star Trek friends of mine who who will be uh, delighted to hear about that.
1: I think that's it for the news. Then we're done. It's time to play our favorite game It's time to play the game Our favorite game
2: in all the world Guess the Kickstarter from just the name That's a... Hey, you know what we should do? What should we, we should do? play our favourite game in all the world. Shall ever? we?
1: Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? So let's play our favourite game in all the world, the game where I Woo-hoo! read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is for. Just the name. And now you're up to date on the rules, so let's go. Yes. want <laughs> to go first, Peter? Yes, please. Okay. The first one is called... Yep. Beam Saber.
2: Ooh, nice. Um... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's something to do with science fiction because obviously if you're going to try and um, rip off Star Wars then a beam saber is an excellent thing to have uh, what is it? yeah, no, I like beam saber. Um so it's going to be a chance to tell heroic stories and yeah, so in a Galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. Uh, it will be your chance to what? <laughs> <laughs> I just say <laughs> it's a classic for a reason. So you're just saying uh, it's Star Wars is that what you're saying? I, 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 I was saying it's basically a thinly disguised Star Wars, um, possibly a interesting variation in that it gives a living pastiche of the genre. It might even be a parody, but I think it's more likely to give you sort of a a role-playing setting and move into um, a very rules light sort of thing. Uh, So different from, what's it, the Genesis role-playing system, um, it's going to have, yeah, uh, the same sort of Star Wars-esque thing, but not be tied to the canon. And what system do you think this is? Um, Well, the smart money is on Powered by the Apocalypse or... Uh, fifth edition because those two are always outrageously popular i'm going to go out on limb uh i know there's already a skim and villainy is the blazing the dark conversion so i'm going to go and say this is actually an original system
1: so i'm going to give you a c minus
2: <laughs> my best score all year
1: it is actually uh it uses Forged in the Dark, which I think is the place
2: in oh. the dark system, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that, yeah so that's the family, mm. the role playing game family. If you're a, what's it? I don't know, what's it? The uh, an RPGologist. Yeah. <laughs> R- 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 yeah. An RP- a, a ludologist of RPG games.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, this is yeah. a, a yeah. Forged in the Dark game about the pilots yeah. of powerful machines in a war that dominates every facet of life. Oh, interesting. Um, there's organisations that perpetuate this war through all of known space. There's uh-huh. no winning the war. There's only surviving it.
2: Interesting. So, it's sort of like 1984 meets MechWarrior.
1: I guess, yeah. 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 So, it's military okay. science fiction setting with elements of cyberpunk.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, it sounds thematically like it would be very different from Star Wars. Although, when you just put that on, like sort of think, isn't that actually quite isn't Star Wars actually quite military setting with a lot of cyberpunk? I mean Luke gets a cybernetic hand
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's pretty cyberpunk. I mean they were doing cyberpunk because cyberpunk was doing cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, versus an impressed face. <laughs> <laughs> gives him advantage on uh all wisdom inside versus my charisma deception.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shall we move on. <laughs> I
3: think we should
1: uh, make haste,
2: make haste. Okay, Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, now you've seen how it can be done. Not how it should be done,
1: <laughs> but how it can be done. <laughs> C plus to beat. <laughs> okay, oh, it's gone up. Well, hey. what, what did I give you?
2: C plus, just now.
1: C plus, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I just said. I'm not going to argue. What? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is
4: GMD Core RPG? Wow, that's not a lot to go on. <laughs> if, we're oh, naming, God, if, if, we're, if we're naming our RPG with an acronym, then I've got kind of a science fiction vibe from that.
1: I think I, I think it's fair to tell you, GMD is the
4: hmm. name of the company. Ah, so the name of the Kickstarter is GMD Core. What RPG? GMD Core RPG. So. Oh, that's a bit harsher. So. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, this is going to be an original system then. Um, and given that they are comfortable with uh, with naming things something like GMD, I would say that it's going to be um, it's going to be another nerdy system. It's, it's not going to be narrative based. It's going to be um, mechanics are going to be their selling point. Um, Lots of
3: crunch, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, I want to say maybe it's a generic system, actually, meant for um, science fiction style uh, world games to play with your, your friends from engineering school. Um, well, I which, which I have a lot because I went to an engineering school. So, Absolutely. So no disrespect
2: yeah. intended. No. Uh, uh, that's right. yeah, like um, it, it, it's appealing to you and your target market,
1: so
3: you
1: yeah, are. yeah. I, think, I think you have nailed it. <laughs> Core RPG, a universal cinematic role playing game. Uh, <laughs> the rules are ideal for uh, so it's got rules for combat with technological levels of weapons, uh, mm-hmm. different types of powers from arcane energies, prayers, and superpowers, rules to cover. Um, Action pack combat scenes, deep drama scenes. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it looks like, um, yeah, it's a, it's a universal cinematic role playing game. There
3: go.
4: I, I guess they named it appropriate for their audience. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Core
1: RPG, I guess.
4: <laughs> yeah. That was great.
1: So it's going to be a hard one to Google, I imagine, though.
4: Core RPG. Yeah, yeah. They should have talked to my to my intellectual property attorney about trademarks. but
1: uh... going <laughs> <laughs> to be a difficult one. Yeah. But hey, I, I don't know what GMD... I'm going to just call this one up. GMD is the name of the company, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. GMD okay. Online, they're called.
2: Yeah. Oh, they're a UK-based company. What
1: is what is GMD? They're a multimedia gaming designer called GMD Online.
2: Well, like... I... I assume that they just put all their thought into the role-playing game side of things rather than like everything else. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's not inspiring. I I suppose. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they do comics, campaign settings. Yeah. They do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Cards, character portraits, virtual tabletop resources.
4: Well, there you go, GMD online. Oh, yeah. I might want to take a um, look at that one. I might want to back it. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for <laughs> letting me know. <laughs> hey, that's the
1: whole point of the segment. <laughs> well, they've been funded. They've got oh, nine great. days to go.
3: Nice.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, um, both of those sound both of those last ones uh Midnight World and um, GMD Core RPG. They both sound actually really right up my street. So, um, as this tradition uh, this podcast may lead to me becoming somewhat poorer. Midnight World <laughs> is
1: my pick of those. Yeah. Midnight World is the well, one I'm really quite interested in.
4: I, oh, I, I, am very interested in Midnight World. That, is, that, that was good. But yeah, I did yeah. back your Patreon, so that should help a bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: excellent, excellent. It will, no, it will help, it help start to offset Chris's
1: losses. <laughs> So I, th- I think because Andrew nailed that completely, he gets an my, I, I can't A plus
2: Gold that, anyway. Star
1: and I proclaim uh, him yes. the winner of our favourite game in all the world for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was you. a very
2: hard one. Well done Andrew, that's yeah. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Alright. <laughs> alright All
1: right. Right. <laughs> right. you're sure about this? Totally sure. And I can't change your mind. Nope. Uh,
2: I strive for realism in my games. That's the way I like it.
1: Well, okay. Realism it is. So, uh, you are in your hut. Uh, More of a hovel, really. Dawn is breaking. Make a saving throw. Uh, Oh, okay. I get a 12. Hmm. Okay. Uh, You have dysentery. What? No, that's not fair. The world isn't fair, my friend, and disease touches us all indiscriminately. I guess I'll f- go find the clerics cure me. Certainly. Uh, so the nearest place of worship is 12 miles away. It's a small abbey run by a group of monks. Okay, I get that. They'll be able to cure me. Now I can do some real adventuring. All right, so the dysentery reduces your speed considerably. Do you have a horse? Mm, no, I didn't buy a horse. All right, so you're walking then with... Uh, uh, walking with dysentery. Roll a constitution check. Okay, fine. Uh... I guess a 10. All right, so you make it about halfway. It takes you most of the day just to get that far, but this illness is really taking its toll. You collapse in the rutted, muddy road. Ah, oh, look, can we just get on with this? I want an exhilarating adventure and amazing heroics. No, you wanted realism, and that's what you're getting. Now, a knight and his retinue stops in the road. Ooh, a knight, excellent. I'll ask him for help to get to the Abbey. He orders you to crawl aside. Or he will trample you with his horse, you peasant. What? Nobody talks to me like that. I'll draw my sword. Are you sure? Yes, I attack. He laughs it off and casually backhands you with his mailed gauntlet. His retinue laughs at you as you fall back down in the mud. The knight rides on. I think how
2: wasn't very balanced.
1: I'm sorry, were you expecting some rats in a cellar? You ask for realism, you're getting realism. Whatever. Don't make it to the abbey. Eventually it takes you many, many hours. You're close to death by the time you get there. The rain is pouring down and the abbey's door is solid oak. Mm. I knock on the door then? Uh, The door opens. An elderly man in brown robes holds out a candle and peers at you.
2: Yes? Sir Cleric, I am in need of assistance. I have been stricken by a foul curse. And only the blessings of the Lord can cure me. The
1: old man peers at you. Uh, Sorry, you'll have to speak up. I'm I'm a bit deaf.
2: Oh, for goodness sake.
1: I said I need assistance.
2: I have been cursed. You must cure me. There's no need to shout, young man. Very well. Come on in. Finally. Right, let's get some curing magic and I'll be
1: on my way to glory and adventure. Uh, So the old man, he invites you to lie down on a rickety bed. Uh, two other monks join him. Uh, one of them's holding a bowl. What's in the bowl? Well, right, as far as you can tell, it's a bowl of leeches.
2: Leeches? Don't be silly. I just need a mid-level curative spell and I'll be out of here.
1: You ask for realism, mate. Magic isn't real. It's leech time. I didn't mean that kind of realism. Well, what kind of realism did you mean? The realism
2: that has fireballs and dragons and blinking curative magic. So, when you said realism,
1: you actually meant the exact opposite of realism.
2: Look, I just wanted to be able to lecture people about the exact historical weight of a longsword and social roles in medieval society. Is that too much to ask?
1: Right, let's get on with it, shall we? Right, where are we? Yeah.
2: Yes, we were talking about. Uh, Andrew's latest
4: product, which is called Majonomicon, I think. Magonomia. 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 Uh, portmanteau yeah. of the Greek words magia for magic mm-hmm. and nomia, which are laws or principles. And oh, I, the laws of magic. I nice. picked that name because I I have a real company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have a um, ShoeStone Publishing. I have an attorney, mm-hmm. uh, an IP specialist, and. He recommended get off on the right foot, pick names that you can trademark.
1: Hmm. Yeah, i also so, pick names that yeah, people can so. Google as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that really means pick names that they can Google. Really means pick name that you can trademark. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's yeah. the same, yeah, uh, the same
4: thing. So um, you probably find the, the Kickstarter from last summer if you Google for it, hmm. um, <laughs> and that didn't fund. Um, so. I oh, went to so uh, reorganize the project. It was it was uh-huh. too big and too amorphous, I think, as part of it. And also, I had a terrible sense uh-huh. of timing uh, when I started it the uh-huh. first time. Um, all the big publishers uh, are were releasing their projects around Gen Con, so I thought, yeah. oh, I'll just I'll just do that. And I was completely overshadowed and drowned out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it did quite like well. Producing
2: your small indie film at the same time as all the summer blockbusters are landing. Yeah. yeah.
4: It's, that
3: sort of it's, problem, it's, yeah, it's
4: yeah. So you, know, I'm usually well served by following the lead of big publishers um, not in that particular <laughs> case. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, fine line. Really I mean, money tough.
1: Whatever you release a Kickstarter, some yeah. a bigger fish is going to release something at exactly the same mm. time, and that's pretty yeah. really yeah. much universal law. It's not like you yeah. can do about mm. it. But if you if you get a spate of them, it can it can make things trickier. Mm. Yeah.
4: yeah. Mm. So I'm live now on Game On Tabletop. Which is a, a different platform. Uh-huh. Um, I tried Kickstarter. Uh-huh. Uh, it, like I said, it didn't fund. And then I, I moved right. to game on tabletop. Uh-huh. Um, I looked around. I was actually a bit down on crowdfunding all altogether after that. Um, but I looked uh-huh. around at the other options, and um, game on tabletop impressed me. They do. Uh, they're specialized for games, and so they can do uh-huh. a bit more to support you. Um, and I felt as uh-huh. a new uh, new publisher that that could help. And I got in touch with them, and mm. they were great. They assigned me an account manager who's worked with me mm-hmm. as a partner uh, mm. since the beginning. Right. Um, yeah, Ooh. and they're helping me come up with strategies for managing the downturn in um, support that I'm getting right now. From, mm-hmm. you know, due to mm-hmm. coronavirus, people have bigger things on their mind. And yeah, the that is an unlucky bit of timing, isn't it? Yeah, mm. so I've I've had, uh, I am a bit star-crossed. With my timing. Mm. Uh, but I'm optimistic. I know that people believe in this game. Um, I've played it mm. with probably 50 people. Uh, I've mm. We've been developing it for years. Everybody has a good time with it. Um, I, I know it's a strong game. I know there are hundreds of people out there who want to play it. So it's just a matter of bringing them on board. Another 100 backers would fund this project, and there is time. Mm.
2: So, so it's, it's Patronomia, The Laws of Magic.
4: Yeah. That sounds
2: very exciting. Could you go into a little bit of detail about, like, you know, what 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 what's the what's the elevator
4: pitch for it? A... Oh, the elevator pitch is: thanks. Mm. Everybody plays a wizard, mm. and yes. your magic is based very closely on 16th century grimoires and folklore. You know, I started out wanting to make a historical fantasy game, uh, mm. quite a bit like Ars Magica, as uh, you, you can probably tell, and. I said, well, what would happen if we hew closer to the historical sources? What would the flavor of magic be? And I was... Okay, The the more I got into developing this, the closer to the sources I got, because they're internally self-consistent. They're from a time when people actually believe that magic could be real. So all the gaps and contradictions are sort of ironed out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So when everybody plays a wizard... I want the wizards okay. to be different from each other, for there to be something like character mm. classes. And so we've yeah. divided magic into what I call magical sciences. Uh, there are five mm-hmm. of them. Three of them are based on the um, hermetic corpus, uh, astrology, mm-hmm. alchemy, yep. and theurgy. Um, and then, right. okay. then what's left? Um, in European magic from the time, there's, medieval necromancy which uh, mm-hmm. i named sorcery It's actually
2: talking to the
4: dead well yeah as part of the
2: commanding i think is that yeah right absolutely
4: reciting? absolutely um there's necromancy's uh overloaded word it means a lot of different things Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh so so there was essentially so you uh, change
2: that to sorcery
4: yeah to I, uh, I and people
2: lose those conceptual hooks. Yeah, and get the spirit of it rather than the more modern associations. Is that about
4: size? So Precisely. Um, also, that allows me to bring in elemental magic uh, into sorcery to broaden its scope, and and um, and then there's folk magic, and, and, and using
2: the classical Greek four elements rather than any like Chinese five elements or anything like that. Is that about right?
4: That's right. Yeah. 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 And um, and then folk magic, uh, which I just called witchcraft, because witchcraft at the time didn't connote uh, didn't connote black magic. Um, it didn't connote a gender, so it just meant magic that, that um, can be learned uh, from apprenticeship rather than from uh, big weighty books of Latin.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So sort of. I, I I want to call that hedge magic. Yeah. I don't know if that's got a specific.
4: Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a great mm. word for it. Um, mm-hmm. It just didn't sound um, hedge magic. Didn't sound as uh, as grand. Yeah. Uh, no. on, on parity with the other sciences. So, um, but yeah, characters in the game would call it hedge magic.
1: So, sort of painting a picture here. So, we've got 16th century England.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you
1: sort of describe give give people a sort of like picture of what you know what period of time that was? What was going on in 16th century England at the time? Well, what's the what's the era mm-hmm. we're talking?
4: So well, we're talking the like? era of Queen Elizabeth, actually. Specifically, this was a time—it uh, it was sort of a high watermark um, right. of magic in um, yeah. John Dee and all that. Lot. John yeah. Dee. It was a time um, when magic, science hadn't yet emerged. Science, as we know it, mm-hmm. hadn't hadn't emerged yet. It was starting. I mean, Galileo had mm-hmm. been around, and Da Vinci and those those folks. Um, but they, they, they hadn't caught on yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so magic was still taken seriously. And yet yeah. we also had this uh, intellectual flowering um, you know, due yeah. to the printing press and due to mm-hmm. um, religious reform. Um, so there's, a, there's uh, quite a bit of tension in the realm um, during Elizabeth's reign. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a wonderful time of intrigue. Mm-hmm uh because yeah, um, because of course uh Elizabeth uh is quite vulnerable as an unmarried queen and um, there's a bit of history of tension with Spain because of yeah. uh Henry VIII and because of the split from the Anglican Church um, away from the Catholic Church um, so this
2: is time of, like, the Spanish
4: Armada? Yes,
2: yeah. This is the Virgin Queen in this yeah? Yeah, that was exactly. A, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, yeah.
4: Yeah, and really our period is, is her, her reign, 1558 to 1603. Um, that's what we focused on. And I think because of her, well, she would have described her stance as moderate on religion, Although, um, you know, modern people might disagree. Uh, <laughs> moderate for the time. Moderate, moderate for the time. Moderate, mm. yeah. Um,
2: but not moderate as we didn't sound that word. Though. Definitely
4: not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a time when magic could flourish. And um, uh-huh. she may have been the last one, last English monarch to have a court astrologer. She certainly mm. had a famous one, Dr. John Dee, uh, uh-huh. who's, who's just an interesting fellow.
2: Yeah, just... (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
4: So what do you do in the game? Um, Well, you're wizards, and it's a time when you can practice magic openly. So you can can be sort of a wizard for hire. Uh, You go around uh, lifting curses or finding missing persons and lost property or doing the things that wizards did. I I really like the wizard detective angle. Uh, Of course, you also... Have your own quest for magic, and although there are books of magic in the setting, um, you magic can't be learnt from books alone. Uh, this is very much in keeping with the spirit of uh, occultism at the time is that you have to you have to do something you have to be changed spiritually in order yeah. to advance your yeah. magic, so you go looking for ways to do that and our answer, how you do that, is you follow your destiny. You ex- embrace the stories that are presented to you. You go and have adventures. And as you do that, you level up. It's, it's a philosophy that's actually designed for role-playing games, and it was given to me by historical sources. Yeah, uh, so um, you know, the, the magnomia are really, they're, They're sort of background in the world. There aren't a great deal of rules about Magonomia. There's enough, uh, in interest in the corpus of spells that we've assembled. Um, you know, you pick your science, you explore your spells, you level up. Spells come in degree, right, which is level. Um, and beginning wizards can cast spells up to fourth degree. That leaves fifth and sixth for you. To advance into. Um, oh, okay. And the seventh. So, degree, so I've got my
2: yeah. Cabal of
4: wizards.
3: Yeah.
2: And they're all like, you know, so has Jim, I've got my Cabal of wizards, my players, they've all chosen their various orders, uh, sorry, not orders, uh, schools of magic, science would you say? And. Or
4: yep.
2: science. It's got, it's like they're all reading their various sciences and mm-hmm. their magic. Um I've got someone who's like, you know, complete complete crazy man like Isaac Newton, who was also so into uh, alchemy has yeah, physics was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like oh yes well i know what seems reasonable i wonder how like the facts i'll take this probe stick it behind my eye and deform my eyeballs slightly to see how it changes how i perceive light wow yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah. <laughs> off you go then mate yeah <laughs> so, um, so i've got them so, so ha- watch what what's and then we've got like this search for destiny yeah. what's the uh, I mean, is it? It's very much focused on the cooperative play because that seems sort of yeah. counterintuitive to me. Because, like, wizards at that time, in my opinion, did not seem to play well with others.
4: It is, it is suitable for solo play, but the way I've constructed the sciences, uh, they are complementary, like character classes, and mm-hmm. you'll, you okay. you need an adventure designed for you if you were playing it solo. Whereas, if you had two or three wizards. Um, then they have overlapping abilities. Um,
2: so Complementary sort of thing. So yeah. they've all got their toolboxes which will deal with different things. Is that about the size of it?
4: Yes, yes. And everybody has one very important tool uh, because divination <clears throat> was such a huge aspect of historical magic. We came up with uh, what I think is an original take on divination, which is... Um, divination reveals something that you need to know in order to advance the plot. The GM controls what they reveal and how. So um, it can be a bit frustrating in a game like D&D where, you know, if the, if the players happen... I play with a bunch of engineers, and they always cast yeah. detect magic at exactly the wrong place where it reveals something you know, secretive that I was hoping to, to be a dramatic surprise.
2: Ah, you mean they cast it in exactly the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right>, this <laughs> looks magic. That's, that's the text. Oh, it's magic. Here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly. Um, uh, divination in Magnomio works a bit uh, differently where the, um, um, the GM is in control and tries to use it to steer the player's, uh, Toward what's, uh, what's successful. And I found um, players don't like it if you're too heavy handed, uh, but they, they will, you know, it's really helpful if people get stuck. They can cast general divination and say, well, you know, what, what should I be doing? And they'll say, well, you, you should really, you know, the royal court is going to be important um, and, and just nudge them in the right direction. -hmm. And rather than
2: railroading them, it's like it's got the capacity to nudge them if they get a bit stuck. Is that? Yeah. Is that the
4: theory? Yeah. And I don't want to overplay the importance of this tool, but Mm. you can use it to justify anything. You can use it to justify, um, you know, if you want to crash start an adventure and you say, all right, here are your pre generated characters, and all five of you are in the same room, and you're all here because your horoscope said this is the place to be today. <laughs> and then something yeah. happens, and off you go. Uh, well, I suppose it
2: beats meeting a tapenade.
4: <laughs> well, you can do that too, but it,
3: yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So, talking about the world in which we're set, mm-hmm. so we got we got 16th century England, mm-hmm. but you're, yeah. We're saying it's a uh, 16th century England where all of the myths and fairy tales and legends, all that stuff,
3: is yeah. true. Yes.
4: Yeah. And those myths and legends are quite a bit different than what we inherit. Through Victorian literature,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, just as a quick example, there are ghosts, but ghosts have bodies. Ghosts are all corporeal. You can oh. shake hands with them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's one difference. You know, fairies don't live off in some fairy land that hadn't really been conceived of fairies live over the hills and far away mm. or mm. in the in the trunks of hollow trees or in that oddly shaped barrow. right yeah
1: yeah mm. so yeah, they
4: that's... live in a world that you can go to
1: so you mentioned black shuck in the book as well i yeah. we saw him saw him called out nice little hound that one
2: yeah black shuck is so, so... Uh, yeah yeah uh, i was just wondering so it's sort of um, you've got some influences like, I guess, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell.
4: Huge influence,
2: well, the, yes. Yeah, obviously they're a bit late, they're, they're yes, they later, they're significantly later, but it's like that sort of, this would be sort of almost like the precursor stuff they're talking about, yeah. in some respects. What What other sources
1: have sort of inspired you? I can see Ars Magical in there. I
3: was just,
4: obviously, I was just yeah. In a big, yeah. possibly not well known, but uh, uh-huh. There's a, a set of novels by – a trilogy of novels by Dave Duncan, who's uh, sort of a uh, second-tier fantasy author. Um, the Alchemist uh-huh. – Alchemist Trilogy, I don't know, The Alchemist Code. Okay. And uh, he just had a really great portrayal of magic um, <laughs> that was closely based on on period sources. Um, Nice. Uh, my one of my co authors says that there's a, a bit of a John Constantine vibe. Right. Um,
1: mm, right?
4: Okay. I didn't yeah. read the yeah. comics myself, but I've seen the movie. I see where he's coming from. Okay. <laughs> <off>. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, a controversial statement, <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I I enjoy both in their own sacrifice. Mm. But yeah, no yeah. it's sort of the making making sort of making deals and it, it, it's very much sort of a warlock vibe in the 5th mm-hmm. edition Dungeons & Dragons sense in that you're sort of trying to get a patron to help get that extra bit of power that you need is, mm-hmm. that, is that is that fair?
4: Yeah, uh, also <laughs> Shakespeare's The Tempest or more specifically the more recent film The Tempest starring Helen Murren as Prospera was a huge right. influence mm-hmm. I lifted a handful of spells straight out of the Right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely uh, so sounds like an excellent plan. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about like, all the sort of things I would normally go to I'll look significantly later like the Bart trilogy after Gar mm-hmm. That's that. that's like got the same, same sort of vibe I think, but it's set a bit later in the day. I mean what sort of tone would you and themes do you want to is this the best game to explore with, would
3: you say?
4: Um, as we designed it right now, we're centered on court intrigue, court, being court wizards supporting her Majesty. Um, the the myth of Gloriana. It, our our take is that that's basically true. That uh, Queen Elizabeth is basically a good ruler who's doing her best for the realm. If you read history, uh, you, especially if you're from Ireland, you might have a different take on Queen Elizabeth. Uh, we recognize that, but you know, we we took an angle. Uh, and so, you know, you can be associates, peers of John Dee, um, working with Her Majesty's intelligencers to thwart sinister plots against the realm. The twist is, what if those Spanish spies and Protestant zealot assassins have mm-hmm. wizards on their side. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what so sort of
1: adventure, then? So you're sitting down for your first adventure. You've got your, mm-hmm. your group of wizards. Uh, what mm-hmm. sort of adventure would the sort of starting group of, uh, group of wizards embark on?
4: We've got two products um, that we've written already that are adventure products. There's a, a free demo adventure mm-hmm. where um, this uh, random passerby going by your town gets cursed. Um, You're all wizards living in a small town in the countryside, and um, so you go and try to investigate what cursed her and try to lift the curse. This is called Curse of the One-Eyed Witch, and you can get it on drive-thru RPG right now, Mm -hmm. playable with the starter rules. And then Mm -hmm. you've got a product in the pipeline, which is actually a level-up goal on the crowdfunding campaign. So if the campaign does well, you can get this for free. It's uh, Queen Elizabeth astrologer is missing. Ah, uh, John well, that tells us a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those those are um, some of the ideas that we've had. Um, yeah. So I, I would actually say detective stories are how we how we like to start out. Um, mm-hmm. that, that says a lot to my style of play. And um, we were talking about influences. Call of Cthulhu is a surprisingly huge influence.
3: Of course, yeah.
2: Um, I am just thinking that it's like so. It's like if you don't necessarily want to use the Cthulhu mythos, yeah. But you do like that style of play, then this yeah. is like, yeah, got you covered there. Nice,
1: nice. Okay.
2: So you've got a whole lot of
1: spells in there. Could you could you tell me which one is your? You had to pick one spell, which is which is your which is your favourite spell.
4: Oh boy. <laughs> if, I had to that hard one. if I had to, I had to <laughs> oh, pick what's one. What's your favorite child? Boy, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If I had to pick one, I would pick Hand of Glory because hmm. it's straight out of the sources. It's, you can't make this up. It's so creepy. It's very powerful. A Hand of Glory is uh, a magical talisman that's made out of the dead hand mummified from a convicted criminal. Convicted, in this case, means executed, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's turned into a candle with with each finger having its own wick. And Mm -hmm. you light this up with uh, appropriate incantations, uh, and it conjures a horde of spirits that come into Mm -hmm. a house and put everyone Mm -hmm. except the caster and certain designated allies to Mm -hmm. sleep. Yep. Uh, it's straight out of period grimoires. Mm, yeah, uh, you know, incredibly atmospheric. I love the flavor. Uh, man. I love
1: the flavor. Is that something that goes through all of the spells? Then lots of this flavor and.
4: Well, that's a strong example. That's one of our yeah. one of our better ones. But yeah, mm, that's yeah. what we're going for.
1: Yeah, I always like that. I always like spells with you know a good sort of sense of what's actually going on as opposed to just the mm. effect that it has.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It, I suppose it would mean that you would be more restricted in how you envision the character because everything is so strongly linked to the source of material, but then it does mean that all the flavour is baked in. So,
3: yeah, so...
1: Yeah. I was looking at, because you have made the uh, Quick Start available mm-hmm. as Pay What You Want. Yeah. So I had a look through that, and uh, I said this to you off-air um, it earlier, but... Um, I, I, I know it's most quick starts you expect to be sort of you know thirty to fifty pages in total, including adventure and rules and yeah. stuff like that.
3: You're
1: yeah. yep. giving away pretty much for free 160 yeah. pages worth of material. It's enormous.
2: That, that that's bigger than some actual products that people are asking to pay money for. So,
4: yeah, like we had
2: what's 128. Pages that was uh, someone else's. That was
4: that. That was the um, Delta problem thing. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. let me start by saying I'm new in business and I'm working out the economics of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's supposed to be funny. Um, much of that 160 pages is mm-hmm. reprint of uh, Fate material, which is completely legit uh, yeah. under uh, yeah. under the Open Game that, License. That, um, yeah, there's because, the core
2: mechanics that you're reprinting.
4: So you yeah, keep
3: up it for reference. and
4: yeah. I tried to present it in a beginner-friendly way. Fake Core System is written mm-hmm. for gamers who are experienced and who want to make their own games.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, so I sort of recast it for... Oh, okay. Um, so,
2: so it's like, if, if I don't know how to play role-playing games, I pick up your book or someone gives it to me yeah. and says off you go, Yeah. then I can open it up, read it, and this will teach me how to play the game at the same time.
4: I hope so. Was that the um, intention? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, yeah. I mean, my playtesters <laughs> say that it works, but I didn't try it with people who've never gamed before, because how do you find playtesters mm-hmm. for a role-playing game who haven't played role-playing games before? But that <laughs> would be tricky, And <laughs> that <have yeah>. <laughs> cracked that nut. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Also, the uh, starter rules, I don't really call it a quick start because it's not that quick, right? But the, the uh-huh. starter rules are uh, almost entirely open game content. Uh, I think there are a couple of chapters that are product identity under the OGA. Okay. So people can yeah. take this and go ahead and start um, remixing the spells and mashing them up, converting Ooh. it to D20 or whatever you want to do. Um, okay. And
2: uh, I, or, or you could just try playing it in Major N. You work could in. do that,
4: <laughs>
2: yes, you could. Absolutely. <laughs> It'd be not it yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> have
1: you
2: have you met any gamers? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but 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 your 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 thinking, Andrew, is that you want people to like you know, actually have a crack at being able to run the game based off uh, what, they're sa- what, what they're saying about having to already know how to run a game, as it
3: were.
4: Yeah. No Google well, issues. Well, certainly, <laughs> certainly not having to know fate mm. when you come in. Mm. Um, yeah. That's that's really why the book is, uh, the starter rules are that big, is because I was trying to give you mm. my program for learning fate. Mm. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I thought that that would, uh, I thought that would help actually draw interest into, um, into the starter rules, yeah. uh, if mm-hmm. you see what I mean. Uh, th- that's a reaction that I get when I pitch the game to people. and say, oh, well, it's fate. I don't really like fate. Well, you know, I, and I can understand why, you know, everybody has different preferences, and it took me a, a long time to warm up to fate. So I think that if you haven't – how shall I say it? If you haven't given uh, it a real serious try – um, mm, mm. You know, your first impression might not... You, you, you,
2: shouldn't, write yeah. Yeah, you mm. shouldn't brush it off. Mm. Well, mm, put, mm, mm. You.
4: Yeah, you shouldn't brush it off. Well put, thank you. I think
1: we're, we're running out of time. Um, I think it's time for us to start winding up a bit. Um, yes. Is there anything else you wanted to quickly touch on, Andrew, before before we go?
4: Uh, just to mention that the campaign's live on Game on Tabletop yes.
1: right now. Yes. We'll, yeah. we'll put it. a link oh, in yeah. the show notes. How long has it got left to go?
4: It's got... 22 days left. Oh, plenty go. of time. You've
1: got plenty of time to yeah. get
4: on that. 26. Huh. Excuse me. 26 days. 26 days. I think so. Yeah, so it's, it's really just started. It's off to a strong start. Uh, of course, uh, the pandemic has slowed slowed down support mm. a little bit. Um. Um, we always hit a slump after the first uh, weekend, anyway. Yeah. So, if, so <laughs> yeah, if, if
1: someone wanted to back back your back your campaign, how much how much is it going to cost them to get a copy of, of the PDF and a copy of the hardcover? Is it hardcover? Mm-hmm. How uh, are you handling the distribution?
4: This, this is my first major product, so I'm making mm-hmm. it easy for me and, and foolproof. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm using Drive RPG for distribution, mm-hmm. and Fantastic. The, yeah. the reward for the crowdfunding is a PDF with a coupon mm-hmm. for print on demand, right. so at cost. So the backers really get their choice. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, drive through handles production and distribution mm-hmm. uh, to Fantastic. remove that complexity for me. I'm working on mm-hmm. the art project, right? The editing right. and yeah. um, the layout, layout indexing,
3: exactly. very important.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure people can find their way and navigate through your book, and things like making sure like the PDF you can navigate through that easily. Yeah, Matts. Pretty
3: important, yeah.
1: yeah. See, I've, I've come cool. up with a new way of writing books. Actually, I, I've decided on the opposite strategy. Rather than making it easy for people to navigate mm-hmm. through your book, I'm uh-huh. going to start putting uh-huh. every page in random order. Uh
3: huh. Just uh-huh. you
1: know, just to make yeah. it a little more work, a little bit more of a challenge.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah like, well.
2: like, you know, se- separate out those who aren't <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Things, right?
3: yeah. Um,
2: I mean, something you might not be aware of, but actually, Russ is a big pioneer of the A zero. Um, size rule <laughs> book that's in order so you can
1: fit the titles on top okay? <laughs> so, oh dear. Um yeah anyway I think he's told me we've had a on that on that note thanks so much for coming <laughs> in on Andrew that was great fun that's, and I, oh, I really really special. hope that you're really getting it looks awesome mm. okay. Okay.
4: yeah that sounds fascinating
1: yeah Oh, thank oh, you so a, much. Real
4: pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, next week on the show, we have got Sean Rourke, who will be talking about his Identico mm. cyberpunk RPG. Exciting stuff. Mm. Sound very we, we got a couple of comments about our little podcast. Oh, did we? We did. did, we did. Um, so uh, huh. uh, a chap called uh, Envisioner uh, decided to let us know. Um, he told us that I didn't oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, completely didn't care about me incredibly long news section.
2: Oh, dear. Yes.
1: Sounds like he's listening it, to the it, wrong podcast, really, but okay.
2: <laughs> well, 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 I mean, this is sort of the point of a new yeah. podcast. I, I don't know. <laughs> he says, yeah, he yeah.
1: says, the sketch started out being yeah. the kind of cringy and annoying comedy that podcasts in general and the geekier D&D uh-huh. players in general often go to. Uh, I, I I mean... he's not wrong he doesn't
2: I mean he's not wrong
1: (laughs) but he says we did successfully keep pushing the joke until it did eventually become funny
2: Uh, (laughs) humour through repetition that's how we (laughs) know
1: that's that's basically (laughs) my strategy just keep telling a joke until people laugh (laughs) and if they don't laugh just keep telling it until they laugh (laughs) to make (laughs) you stop it's like
3: you're doing right now
1: (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, then he says, very uh, who's on first on <laughs> Knights of Knee, although uh, not quite that good. So if, we're apparently not as good as uh, Monty Python or, or, or classic comedians. Oh, I bet with, it's a solo.
2: Yeah. Really? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Well, quite frankly, obviously, I'm crushed by this. Anyway. Yeah. So
1: overall, he gave us two out of five stars, and he won't be oh. tuning in for another of these.
2: Well, it's probably for the best. It doesn't seem like this is the right podcast. Because <laughs> um, if you don't like geeky, like RPG news and fanboying, and like you know um, the sketches, which are very—I mean, I don't think that was your best work in fairness. So, yeah. uh, it's probably, probably not the right thing
1: for. I think, you think if you're not into RPG news, probably don't listen to an RPG news podcast. But we did get a, a, a couple of other comments like so. Oh, okay, so it's, it's not, not like nice. bad
2: news. Oh, so, okay. um,
1: yeah. Aralyn. Aralyn says mm-hmm. uh, I always enjoy the podcast oh, thank you It's a news podcast So there's going to be news <laughs> uh, In a shocking yeah, turn wrong. of
2: events <laughs> so, Somebody's some <laughs> clearly <laughs> been paying
1: attention The skits make me smile At their worst and laugh out loud At their best yeah. It's probably more smiling than there laughing you. out loud But, you know, we'll, we'll take what we can oh, yeah.
2: Absolutely
1: yeah." Uh, uh, they found your experience, Peter, of hiring professional game masters to be interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I always enjoy right. the cozy good conversations, good. the light tone, the interesting guests and topics, a hot drink, a dog curled up beside me, waiting for Hudson to bark. And I'm set for an enjoyable <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, you know, Hudson, you're officially part of the podcast. <laughs>
2: That's a joy. Hudson's a podcast He's oh, completely ignoring uh, Excellent. He's doing his job on <laughs> uh,
1: Paragon Lost chimed in. Uh, Paragon mm-hmm. Lost says, uh, uh, I, I, I actually do the podcast for the news, so there's no such thing to me as too long news.
2: Oh, well, uh, that, that, then Paragon Lost will precisely our target market, people who are interested in RPG. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've made a good choice now, I hope.
1: <laughs> so that was good news. Yeah. So thank you, thank yeah. you to for your oh, for your kind you. words, and thank you to Envisioner for your not so kind words. Thank, thank, thanks for your feedback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, 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 we'll take, take it on board, board and, and. and then push it <laughs> off to the <other>
3: side. <laughs>
1: Splish. Okay. So you don't think we should stop doing news in our RBG news
2: podcast? Uh, I, I think I think that would be deviating from
1: our core mission <laughs> of telling people.
4: <laughs> the news in the RPG, yeah. Yeah, I, stay with your strengths, please.
1: Yeah. Given <laughs> the fact that I think we're the only podcast that does that, yeah. yeah. I would say, Envisioner, there are approximately 7,423 other podcasts you can listen to that won't study your experience with any horrible RPG news. So if you just pick one of those at random, you're almost certain not to get any RPG news in it. So just.
2: Oh, no, the numbers have gone down.
1: That would <laughs> be my advice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so well, thank you so much for coming on. I think uh, it's time to sign off. So uh, it's goodbye for me, Russ. Uh, it's goodbye for me, Peter copy of the
4: South World Beds And it's goodbye for me, Andrew Grunowski of ShoeStone Publishing. Thanks again for having me. It was a real delight. Thanks
1: for coming on. It was a real pleasure.
0: Apparently, I now have to read this to you.